Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Seavers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the Silver King's letters, Dearest Ones, that he wrote from Europe in June of 1945. The war in Europe is over. It concluded in early May. And Stanley has, at times, been happy and sad and wondering if he's going home or if he's going to the Pacific, where the war continues. And we find him at the end of June in a better mood as he writes to his family from A-72, northern France, on June 23, 1945. Dearest ones, as I sit here writing, I guess I feel a little more relaxed than I have for a long time. I'm sitting in our officers' club with a scotch and soda at my side and an atmosphere that beats the hell out of the four walls in my room. The club opened last night with its usual rowdiness and drunkenness. Being in this far-off country, it's quite the thing, and I must admit, very nice considering the circumstances under which it was built. It's spacious with a large dance floor and bar at one end, besides a game room and a reading room quite out of the ordinary for this part of the world. The bar offers a great deal as our asset to amusement. It serves beer, cognac, and champagne. The scotch is my own from our monthly rations. The game room isn't operating too strongly due to being the end of the month. But comes the payday, I'll be testing my luck to determine if I inherited the luck you have at the crap table, Dad. Truly, it is a relief from my room, but how I wish I could be drinking with you instead. Enclosed, you'll find a bill addressed to Lee. I received it with the stationery you sent. Evidently, it was accidentally put in. What is Lee going to the doctor for? Or is it Leona? Since writing last, I've received five letters from you, which were most welcome. The dates are erratic, but that's to be expected. June 14th is the most recent one. I'm so glad you went to see Jane, and I'm even gladder that she liked the gifts. I knew you would pick out something nice. Thanks a million for being so sweet. I should have known the baby would be pretty with a mother like Jane. Since she is living with her in-laws, won't you please go see her often for me? I'm sure Rose would be glad to take you any time since it's hard for you to get around. And why not take her out when she is able to go? I'm sure she would enjoy going to the club so much for dinner or being at the house. You may think it's strange that I'm requesting such, but I still have a soft spot in my heart for Jane. 
So be nice to her for me, won't you? I haven't heard from her as yet, but I'm certainly looking forward to it. Thanks a million for sending the cap and ties. I haven't received them as yet, but will let you know as soon as I do. It was fortunate you found what I wanted, but I knew I could depend on you. You're so very sweet to me, and I do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, honestly. You seem to be having an awful time with the dentist. I do hope he isn't being too rough on you. Still, it's all for the best, and I know you'll be glad when it's all over. Who is your dentist? I'm looking forward to the jar of pickles, but I'm sorry you sent your last jar. I had no idea there was a shortage in that, too. I hope Leona will be able to send some also. Thanks for asking her. In the meantime, will you please send more cheese spread, crab meat, and chicken? The cheese spread you sent was delicious, out of this world. And don't forget the Melba toast. It makes a wonderful combination. Tell Ida I appreciated her letter so much. Do thank her for me. So, Margie has a tooth already. God, how time flies. I still think of her as being just born. She'll be a young lady before I get to see her. How I wish they would have some pictures taken. There isn't anything new here, dears. I can't give you any encouragement in my coming home, nor can I discourage you. The weather has been beautiful lately. Besides playing ball, going to classes, and flying, all I've done is lie in the sun and get a good tan. There aren't even any good rumors to pass on. Since today and Sunday are days off, the time passes slow and lazy-like. I did play bridge earlier this evening. It's a pleasure in the atmosphere of the club. And, you know, I'm getting good at it. You had better practice up, because Jane and I will beat you if you don't, if Marvin is still overseas when I get home. There isn't any more news. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly, hoping you're well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Our hero, the Silver King, reveals in this very descriptive five-page letter that he's most comfortable in a social environment. He's an officer and a gentleman and enjoys the perks that come with that position. He, of course, hopes for a few more perks and the opportunity to get home. The Officers Club for his unit has opened in the nick of time because the king's boredom was obvious. And he's hopeful about food as usual. His mother has sent him her last jar of pickles, which he finds remarkable. And, of course, she's asked his sister Leona to send some as well. The king is also thinking about his friend Jane. Jane married Marvin, and they have a child. And, of course, Stan, who I think had Jane as perhaps a first love, is wondering 
what it would be like if he had married her and had a child. Stanley, with the mail arriving at what seems to be a record pace now, writes to his family from A72 in northern France on June 25, 1945. Dearest ones, it was grand hearing from you today, as it always is. I have a letter as recent as June 17th. Eight days is really something here. I also received a very sweet letter from Jane. She certainly appreciated the gift. I'm really glad I had you buy her something for me. She also sent me a snapshot of she and the baby. Jane looks as good as ever, though perhaps still a little too thin. The baby is a little young to say whether she's pretty or otherwise, though I do agree with you about her eyes. They are just like Jane's, beautiful. I do hope you'll see her as often as you can. I shall answer her letter tomorrow. So, you can't understand why a person in my predicament can complain with cities like Brussels and Paris to visit. I suppose it is difficult, mostly due to my inability to explain. Perhaps if I lived in one of the two cities or was even able to visit one every weekend, then maybe I wouldn't have any complaints. As it is, though, both ifs are out of the question. I get a 48-hour pass about once every three months. Anytime I go otherwise, it's on my own, with the chance of being caught AWOL. So, you see, I don't get out of this hole very often, and the setup here is nothing to speak of. Nine months is a long time to be away from the States with still no clue when I'll return. No, I guess you'll never be able to understand. I had a very exciting day. I spent the afternoon in the club playing cards. Tonight after dinner, I played baseball. And until now, I played cards again. An easy way to make $10 a day, yes, but I would still rather be working for less in the States. I don't believe I told you I have received a raise in pay of 5% because of three years' service. I had no idea foods canned were hard to be found. I appreciate your trying so hard to find the lobster for me. Cheese spread with Melba toast and olives will do just as well. Will you please send more of that? Also, some stationery. I'll be glad when you're through with the dentist. You must be taking an awful lot. I'm fine, though as lonesome as you. Keep well. Love to Ida. I hope her husband is better. I love you and miss you, Stan. Our hero, the Silver King, just a few months past 22, continues through his letters and throughout the war, to explain to his mother the facts of his life and how he lives and how he'd prefer to live, which is understandable. And, of course, he remains hungry and has very specific ideas about what she should send. And he writes to his family on June 30th, 1945, from A72. Dearest ones, 
During the last few days that I haven't written, I received four very sweet letters from you. As always, they are so very welcome. I have one as late as June 21st, pretty fast. I have enclosed some snapshots, though they aren't too good. They might give you an idea of how I look now. I have gained quite a few pounds, especially since being idle the last two months. I sent duplicates to Liana, so you may keep these for yourselves. Last night we had a dance in the club. It was a nice affair, the nicest we've had so far. The club is really fixed up nice, as good, if not better, than any honky-tonk you would find in the South. We had a few nurses from San Quentin and the regular French pigs. I enjoyed myself drinking and listening to the nurses. At last, things have begun to pop, and about time. Orders have come through to send a certain quota of men home. Naturally, the men with the highest missions will leave one day next week. Nine officers are leaving out of my squadron. Another quota is expected within the next two weeks, and my chances of getting in are pretty good, as right now I'm the 10th highest man in the squadron. So things are beginning to look up, and this time it isn't a rumor. I hope you aren't working too hard since Ida isn't there. It's a shame she had to take off when you're busy with the dentist. I know it will be a relief when you're through with him, and I do hope it's soon. There isn't any more news to speak of. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly, hoping you're well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King is happy and hopeful as he explains to his family the possibilities of him leaving Europe to arrive home. It's a points-based system, and the men who have the most points and missions leave first. Stanley is hopeful with his 77 points, but it's always a mystery as to exactly when and where it will happen. So, Stanley is waiting as we conclude the third and final part of his letters, Dearest Ones, from Europe in June of 1945. And you are listening to The Silver King's War. <laughs> 